This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. Last week saw cryptocurrency markets plummet, with some news outlets reporting over $1 trillion in cryptocurrency valuation disappearing in the face of a week. Cryptocurrency LunarCoin plunged close to $0, down from a high of $100 after its sister stablecoin lost its US dollar peg, rendering it worthless. Stablecoins are cryptocurrencies whose valuation is tied to real currency with the intention of increasing their stability and thus their usability. This crash has once again raised questions about cryptocurrency, both its viability as a currency generally, an investment, and its Ponzi scheme-like nature. We're joined in the studio now by Dr. Olivier Dutel, a lecturer in the Department of Media, Film and Communications, who has a specialty in cryptocurrency. Morena Olivier. Morena, Quentin, thanks so much for having me, man. Thank you for coming on. Can you give us a bit of a rundown about the crypto crash that's been going on? Well, so, like, I, th- I mean, you described uh, stablecoins pretty well there, and, and that's, that's really the key thing, is that because crypto does not function like currency... It needs these sort of uh, it needs these stable coins that have the inherent, in theory, inherent values of a currency. I.e., they can hold their price. So that because I mean, one of the funny things about this crazy crash is uh, the, the market never stops, right? Until you break one of the exchanges and then they just halt all trading or wipe freeze people's accounts. But but you need these stable coins in order to treat crypto as something even or to get your money out of it essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rise of, of stable coins have been really significant since the 2017 surge. And uh, they're supposed to be backed by various stable coins have different levels of, of how they assemble their sort of reserves, whether that's sort of like a basket of cryptos or uh, Tether, which at for a time claimed to be actually backed by hard fiat currency. Um, and uh, the Luna Terra deal was basically to incentivize holders of either coin to shift their holdings algorithmically on the basis of fluctuations, and that would help keep keep the peg, i.e., keep one UST that's Terra equivalent to uh, one US dollar. And of course, the very fact that they need to sort of like still deal in dollar terms tell you you something about the failings but of course nothing tells you more about the failings than when Terra um, essentially goes down 99.9% and is now an absolute you know junk, there's nothing there um, and you know the thing with stable coins is they can only sort of sustain this ideal of, of being a, approximating a dollar in so much as these markets if you can call them markets um, they're very brittle and they have no kind of consumer protections. But if the sort of general communities in and around the exchanges, these markets are, are believe in the myth, essentially. And as soon as that's gone, you know, you can see dramatic implosions like the one we did last week. And of course, the question going forward is, are we going to see more of that? Um, I am in, in strongly in the yes camp, but we can talk about reasons why. And so, yeah, you've kind of led to my next question was, what is the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak? Well, so a, a lot of the, um, you know, Bitcoin maxis and true believers will will say something like, oh, you know, uh, some, maybe it was, uh, you know, an investment firm like BlackRock or some nefarious agent got in on, on this and, uh, you know, played a, a kind of a, a short game, if you will. Um, to to implode the currency and to to make 
something like a billion dollars on the implosion of the currency. Maybe that's true. But again, we're talking about extremely brittle brittle uh, currencies or, or securities or however you want to call it when the whole claim of crypto is this is strong, encrypted, algorithmic laws of finance. Like this is the, the whole value proposition is that in the encryption blockchain process that they have discovered something so powerful that it can't be hacked. And we know that's not true. Um, and it can't be stopped. It's sort of like the algorithmic force of, of free markets and and also the technology that will build the metaverse and blah, blah, blah. And now we know that's not true. This is a kind of an irony in that, well, if they were broken by BlackRock or some hedge funds acting in this space, I mean, normally when traditional financial actors are in this space, they like they, they parade this as a huge proof of, of their success. Um, but again, we, we know that you know, I, all these claims about strength of encryption and, and code is law and all this kind of stuff. Whenever it gets hacked, I'm like, sorry, you don't get to complain about that because your whole thing was that this is, can't happen. Um, and so it has happened. But then so that was the straw, if you will. But but really, at a fundamental level, there is no value proposition in crypto. Right. Like, you know, Let's say people like to compare it to gold as a hedge against inflation. And we know that the fluctuations of the crypto market mean that that's not true. But but gold is something you can use in, oh, I don't know, it's in your computers or it's in, it's in tech, it's in jewelry. It has some cultural uses mm. that you, allows you to just sort of like sit it out when the market for gold is turbulent. Crypto has none of that unless you believe we're going to live in some ready player one metaverse – and that's going to be the coin of the realm. Um, that's a hell that I would never want to live in. And I'll, uh, I'll you know, attack all the hard drives and computers on Earth to prevent something like that from happening. But it won't happen, thankfully. Um, and then there's the stable coins that themselves are, are garbage. They're flaming hot garbage. Um, like Tether. Uh, I, I'll stop there. But, yeah, I mean, there's nothing fundamentally inherent. They're, they're not backed by hard reserves as they claim to be. And so now for the crypto skeptics or the no coiners like myself, the next big one to watch is Tether. That's the biggest stable coin. It's the biggest source of liquidity in that market. Should I stop? Because I'm, I'm going to carry on. Here. You're literally <laughs> answering my next question. Well, see, that, so. the, the liquidity <laughs> thing is really important, right? Because you can have uh, whatever Shiba Inu coin or Dogecoin, and it can be in your your wallet in an exchange for ten thousand dollars. But your ability to withdraw that ten thousand dollars is limited to what's the actual sort of cash circulating in the system. And stable coins are supposed to essentially be that cash and liquidity. The problem with stable coins, in, in particular Tether, which is this you know monstrously dodgy. Um, firm created by a CEO who's not been cited for two years, uh, also founded by this guy Brock Pierce, who's a ex-business partner of Steve Bannon and involved in a really gross Hollywood scandal back in the 90s. And he's also one of the guys that's doing all the Puerto Rico and El Salvador crypto stuff. One of the, you, you just got to Google. He's one of the creepiest dudes in this space. Well, they again, they claim that that 80 billion was backed by 80 billion in hard cash and it's actually it's backed by about 2% hard cash and then the, lots of it is also things like US treasury bonds and Tether is the fifth largest holder of corporate debt, so corporate paper that 
corporations trade between each other as sort of like promissory notes. And when Tether starts to go belly up, what that does to the real economy, we don't really know yet. It could be incredibly uh, – yeah, this could be terribly bad. But there's nothing fundamentally um, of value underwriting that $80 billion in Tether. And so – Will Tether go, and are we kind of on that, like, cusp of the death of crypto? Or? Well, you know, uh, we've been, you know, in 2018, I think it was, well, it went from 20,000 to 6,000. I mean, I think the uh, we've just been through this really ridiculous moment where, uh, you know, NFTs and celebs have been doing their thing and really trying to sort of, like, popularize this sort of, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like the clout economy meets the crypto economy. And, um, you know, one of the big moments here were, were all the Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercials with, with Matt Damon and, my God, Larry David, that one really hurt me. Um, and Spike Lee, that was another insane one. But, uh, you know, so... This, they've, been squeeze, they've been trying to squeeze that last little bit of like getting more people into the Ponzi scheme, if you will, right? That's how you, that's how you keep a Ponzi scheme going, get more people in. And, and this is uh, – a lot of people have lost their shirts, and this is going to uh, really uh, dry up the reserves of, of just normal punters who can get in and have a go here. And um, you know, in New Zealand, for example, Bit, Bit Prime, which was a, a New Zealand exchange, they've – basically shut shop and they're on hiatus or whatever uh they're on you know this, this is sort of like common thing so a lot of people have been burned in these ways now there are you know big interests that have taken big bets in crypto and maybe there are ways to rally one, one of the things that crypto has been quote air quote good at is like figuring out little algorithmic sort of financial tricks so, I mean, maybe there are ways of, of priming and, and minting and printing coins in ways that maybe shore up Ethereum. There's a lot of interest in Ethereum because a lot of tech companies are, are built on uh, the Ethereum blockchain. Um, there's a lot of, you know, the big two, Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, so who knows? But going forward, there's no inherent value in any of this stuff. The people that tell you blockchain, forget about the NFTs or, or the cryptocurrencies, blockchains, this next great tech, it's not true. Uh, the, you know, the actual use cases for blockchain are far and few between. Much existing tech does what some of this stuff already does. So we should be in a kind of terminal decline here if all things going well, all things going rational. But, you know, financial markets are crazy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so my final question for you briefly is um, I've seen both some cryptocurrency enthusiasts and just finance guys more generally have actually started calling for crypto regulation. Do you think that is either worthwhile or even possible? It's 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 so I think the longstanding impact of like crypto and blockchain is as a sort of like metaphor, because what is crypto? It's the notion that you are this one superhuman uh, liberated techno subject navigating the modern life and the modern economy through blockchain and encryption. And that's where they claim that if we live in a metaverse or some such sort of you know, new digital economy, the blockchain is going to be the thing undergirding it all. And that's not true. I mean, if you look at Meta, i.e. Facebook Meta, like that's going to be an enclosed, you know, Facebook run economy. 
but they'll probably, you know, um, have aspects of it that are blockchain-ish or that appeal to some of these mm-hmm. traditional notions of the blockchain. So it may exist as a sort of like ideal, uh, but in practice, no, that tech um, will not exist. What was the fun? What was the question again? <laughs> just, just should it be regulated? Oh, should oh, then the regulated? Could it, could okay, it be? the regulation thing. Okay, and now this is interesting because central banks again. Central banks are like the thing that crypto people hate the most. This was the whole point was to get away from central banks and to be free, uh, liberated. And there was a lot of sort of far right, libertarian, anti-Semitic conspiracy stuff about central banks inherent in, in crypto culture. So the notion that they would then run back to the central banks for some sort of regulation is is ludicrous. I mean, there are, you know, different crypto exchanges and some stable coins that try to adhere more or less or closer to some manner of regulation than than what is the majority of that space. So could it be that in a in the collapse some uh, some people emerge that would be as sort of like industri- industry standards for a tech that is not really required. I mean, maybe in theory, but I don't. Th- I can't see the majority of this space is, as. Uh, I mean, it exists to be unregulated. Mm. That's the whole sort of purpose. The same way that um, you know, when uh, uh, Facebook wanted to launch its own currency, Libra, it was you know, trying to create a problem so big that no regulators, no democracies could ever get their hands around this. So um, I'm sure there are some people that believe that earnestly, but it's really uh, antithetical to what this thing is. And that's not why the majority of people are in it. So I'm gonna go with a no. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.